It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf, second major of the year. It's really crept up on us quickly. Elk, it's the PGA Championship, our big one to talk about. I can see the Wanamaker on full display and um, it's not like you're bragging, I made you take it out. <laughs> well, we always brush it off this time of year, Diana. Why not? I mean, uh, we, had, we, had, we had already spoken to the 2013 PGA champion, Jason Dufter, this morning, and, and he and I have had some fun with his trophy that we're going to put up a video of that later. But um, no, it's a great week. You know, this golf course, Diane, Oak Hill, um, I've, I've been lucky enough to play there in the U.S. Open and just so hard a course and everything already is pointing towards a very difficult week. They're talking about this course was just redesigned or reworked over, found all the old original designs from Ross. Um, course is very firm, a lot of thick rough, but it's long. It's a monstrous course. The par threes are, some of them are 240 yards. It's cool up there. They had a frost delay yesterday. Everything's a little different than what we've been seeing on the PGA tour. So, going to boil that or put it into a broth diane but i gotta i gotta be honest uh, after talking with jason today it is that elite group of players there's about 20 of them that's going to be talking about this course has given up a couple of long shots sean McKeel and jason duffner mm-hmm. but it's also given up to jack nicholas and lee trevino yeah. Um, we did talk with Jason Duffner this morning and our full piece with him is going to be available to watch. We'll have it up on our YouTube and we'll put bits on our social media as well. It's worth going to watch because he talks about everything. He talks about the state of the PGA Tour right now, the live players back in the mix this week. He talks about Oak Hill, the changes to the course, but how it was when he not only won the 2013 PGA Championship, but in round two, he shot the course record 63. Just some amazing insights and obviously we we spend a lot of time with Duff and we've talked to him a lot you and him are are great pals but the way that he really goes so in depth with his analysis is second to none and I've never heard anyone talk like it the way he does 
yeah, we tried to get out of him, you know, how he did it at Oak Hill. You know, he he put a lot of pressure on himself in the PGA in 2013. I mean, it was great pressure. He put a 63 on the board on Friday and took the lead and then had to hold the lead as a sort of a, not an unknown because he, he referenced where, remember, he gave, almost gave away the PGA championship to Keegan Bradley in a playoff at the Atlantic Club uh, the year before, uh, uh, Atlanta Athletic Club. So he had some experience and, and he alluded to the fact that I've told you this myself. The reason that I did well in the 95 PGA was because of my close call in the 95's uh, Open Championship St. Andrews. Duff alluded to the same thing. He was able to handle pressure better because he'd been through it before. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot happening out there between those ropes, Diane, when the, those players are strolling down the fairway in between in between here is where it's all happening. And one of my favorite things he said was, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And he said that that's kind of his his mantra that he really believes and, and stands by. And that's when you see these elite players kind of rise up, like Jordan Spieth. And he said he tells Jordan that all the time, that Jordan's one of the best in the world when it comes to being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, and I think, you know, I hadn't quite thought of it the way he did, but Jordan sort of, his game is not like Duff's game. When Duff was at elite level, when he won the PGA, I mean, I have his statistics of what he did when he won the PGA. He was in the top 10 in driving that week. He was number three in greens and reg. He was number one in scrambling, number 15 in putting, uh, number one in bogey's avoidance. I mean, he basically played tee to green perfect. But Jordan Spieth, Diane, we've seen Jordan hit over mountains in the, op- in the Open Championship and scramble all the way over there and then come back and like birdie five holes in a row. He sort of makes himself uncomfortable with the way he plays and he's sort of used to it. Well, Jason Dufton never really did all that when he, when he was playing well, he was just basically straight down the middle. In fact, I did, I forgot to mention it on this show, but on the 16th hole or the 70th hole on Sunday at Oak Hill, it's so pretty up there, the way they cut the fairways with the grass. One side of the fairway is dark green and the other side is light green and there's a line down the middle and I'll never forget on the on the 70th hole on Sunday that Jason's ball was sitting dead center of that dark and light. And that's kind of explained how he was hitting it that week. Um, right. Let's roll a bit because he also talks about the fact that it wasn't easy. It's not like he played perfect golf, especially on the Sunday, but he was able to get himself out of trouble um, and eventually won by two shots over Jim Furyk at 10 under par. But here's Jason Duffner talking about that victory in 2013. He talks about Oak Hill and then he talks about the reason why he's not teeing it up this week. I want to talk to Jason a little bit about this week. Uh, Early on here already, they're talking about Oak Hill. You know, it's been redone. They, they went back in and sort of found a bunch of the old golf course, redid it. Jason, you know this course very well. You shot 63 here in the second round. ton of pressure was on you the whole week of the PGA. Give us your impressions of Oak Hill, you know, right out of the gate. And what are these guys looking at, you know, firstly this week? Yeah, I think there'll be some um, similarities from when we last played in 2013 but the golf course is completely redone i think routing is pretty similar i think they have three completely new holes um so the routing would be familiar to me um but the green complexes are completely changed um and the bunkering around the green complexes are completely changed i think they've added maybe three four hundred yards to the golf course i don't know exactly 
um, what holes those yardages are added. So it's going to play um, longer than it did in 2013, possibly. Um, but the guys are hitting it further. I think this is a pretty good example of um, some golf courses have the ability to extend um, their length, which keeps the integrity of the distance standard of, you know, maybe what I played 10 years ago. Certainly what, um, was it 1980 that Nicholas won there? I think yeah. it was. Um, certainly to that standard. So you're going to be seeing similar iron shots to what maybe Nicholas was hitting in to the green complexes um, in the early 80s. When we played in August, it played soft. Um, doesn't seem like it's going to play soft this week. From early indications, um, seems like it's going to play firm and fast. Um, I would expect the rough to probably be um, more dense this time of year. You're going to have um, possibly just like um, for those people that live up north, when they cut their lawn, you usually have to cut it a couple times in the spring and in the fall. And then the summer, it is just a one cut type of thing. I think you're going to have a more dense grass. That blade up there is very thick um, blade of grass. I don't, not familiar with the agronomy and, and whatever you call, you know, naming grasses, but that grass has a very, very thick blade. Um, and it tends to fall to the bottom. So if they have a lot of rough this week, um, I think driving accuracy will be at a premium. I think um, probably distance will be at a premium. It's just it's just how it is. Um, there's going to be enough of the guys that hit it far, that hit it enough, that hit it straight enough, that will give them a huge advantage when they're hitting two or three clubs less in to certain hole locations, to certain holes. Um, they may have the ability to reach par fives. Um, there's only two, which takes some of their advantage away um, because they can't beat up on those par fives quite as much. Um, I think that the weather seems to be, it's going to be a little bit cooler. So that's always a factor. And then if there's wind, um, that's another variable. that's <laughs> very hard to <laughs> control. Um, so I think it'll be a good test. We'll see. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the guys respond to the golf course. Um, <clears throat> I want to ask you, um, I want to go over, I'm always interested when I talk to people or, you know, listen to people talk about where they won. And we know Jack Nicholas, you said it, and Lee Trevino won on this course, but so did, so did you and Sean McKeel. And you guys had longer odds when you won the tournament. But I want to I remind everybody, here's, here's the statistics that you did for the week of the 2000. 13 PGA. These are going to sound sweet to you, by the way, because uh, you were 11th in driving for the week. You were number three in greens and reg. So you drove it almost perfect. You were number three in greens and reg. You were number one in scrambling. So you probably had, you know, you didn't miss many greens, but when you did, you were number one. Putting, number 16. Bogey avoidance, number one. Par five uh, stroke average, fourth. Par four stroke average, fifth. Birdies, tenth. You shot 63 on Friday, which is still the course record, seven under. And you put a lot of pressure on yourself um, Friday because basically that puts you in the in the lead of the tournament. I want to ask you about those stats, one. But two, how were you able to make all those stats, stats happen? Because you didn't have those when you came into the event. 
That's number one question. Number two question is once you, how did you shoot 63? And when that pressure was on you, you had to basically play the last 36 holes in front with the lead. Um, and how were you able to accomplish that? Yeah, I think the first thing to those stats is, is it sounds like I didn't make a lot of bogeys. I hit a lot of greens. <laughs> you were number one <laughs> in bogey. And I got it up and down when I missed the greens. That's usually a pretty good uh, indicator of a good week, even if you putt. What was I, 10th that week? So that was a nice six, week six, for me six, putting. 16th, yeah. So even if I put it average that week, I was still probably going to be, you know, having a nice week, um, throw a reasonably good putter on there for the week, and, and you have a chance to win. Throw a 63 in there in a major championship. How did, how did you do that? How did, tell us about the 63. I know you don't remember every shot, but how did yeah. that round get going? And tell us so, what happened. So I have a theory that all tour players have days, right? Um, where things go really well. And um, sometimes those days are on your Tuesday, Monday, money game. Sometimes those days are on a Saturday playing at home with the boys. Um, mine just happened to be Friday of a major at Oak Hill. Um you know, I played well. I played, I had a really nice back nine on Thursday, which I started on number 10. So that would be one through nine. I think I shot three under um, or maybe four under one of those two. But anyway, so my momentum rolling into the second round um, was good, right? I had a nice finish on Thursday. The week before I played Firestone, which is a very similar course. Um to Oak Hill in a lot of ways, like you have to drive it well, you have to hit a lot of greens. Um, you've played Firestone very often. You would say that's pretty, pretty good standard to playing well there. So I had top five you there. Got to drive it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had momentum going in. I think that's a big factor um, that's going to play this week. Who are the guys that have been playing well? Maybe not necessarily winning, but playing well. Um, so I had some momentum. I had some momentum from Thursday. Um, and then, you know, Friday, it was just one of those days where things went well. I hold out on the second hole um, for Eagle. Um, I think I made like a 30-footer on the fifth hole for Birdie. Um, I hit it in the water on seven and hit a five iron on the green and made a 40-footer for par. Um, I made another long putt over 25 feet, I think on 11. So it's like all these little factors, you know, that add up, you know, to a day that may have been a two or three under. Well, all of a sudden I hole a shot instead of it being a foot. I make a par when I hit it in the water. Um, I make two 40 footers instead of two putting those. And now all of a sudden, um, a 67 turns into a 63, right? It's not like I did anything amazing and just just ball striked it to death. Um, you know, and those are the types of things that happen from time to time. Um, usually there's a hot nine or a hot day where the abnormal kind of happens um, in the game of golf. And that's what really propelled me. And then I think on Sunday, the biggest thing is, is everybody wants to talk about all these wedges that I hit inside of three feet, which, which was very helpful, but they also don't realize that I hit it out of play on two 
had to get back to the fairway, got up and down for par from 110 yards or so. I hit it out of play on seven again, got up and down with a nine iron from 150 yards. Um, I made a seven or eight footer on number nine after being mildly out of play. So it wasn't like it was just like this absolute perfect ground, but I was able to glue the round together with some things that don't normally happen in the, you know, in the course of a round. You know, if if you're pitching back to a fairway, I don't know what the odds are of making par from 150 yards, but I did that uh, two times, right? So that could be the difference between winning and losing. You need a little luck is what I'm saying. You need a little bit of that, that juice Stars <laughs> to win a major championship. One of these guys that hits it far, that's probably in the top 20 in the world, is going to hit it straight enough um, to have a chance. And there'll probably be four or five guys on Sunday that are in that model. Um, top 20 in the world. Hit it, hitting it straight for the week and have distance, have power associated with their game would be would be my guy um and maybe throw in some short game there right i don't i'm sure there's there's somebody that fits that model that hits about 60 percent of the fairways that is a, you know a power guy and that is maybe in the top 25 in short game i like um who do i like this week i like xander he's been playing very well he fits that category i think obviously he's trying to win his first major. So there's some, um, uh, some things to overcome with that. Um, but maybe this is his week. I, I really like Sung JM, but I am a little concerned that, um, he played in Korea last week. So he went Charlotte, Korea, Korea, New York. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of, um, stress on the body. Um, but he's sung JM. He seems to like to play every week. So maybe that's his comfort level. Um, I think he's, he, he, he's an elite ball striker that I think would fly under the radar, um, and possibly have a chance to win. I think Rom, you know, his form's been amazing. Um, seems like he's in the top five competing for championships every week. I would think his ball striking suits Oak Hill, um, very well. Uh, kind of like a big Trevino is Rhyme, right? Like a like a powerful Trevino that wanted over yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. Um, very good driver of the golf ball. Very good with his irons. Um, patient. Pa- patient. Well, well, his own well, kind of patient. <laughs> pretty patient in majors. I mean, he took his time tracking down Kepka for a couple, three days over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and a good putter and, and pitcher and chipper of the golf ball. I think um I don't know how detailed the stats are, but it'd be interesting to see like guys that chip really well out of rough when we actually have rough. So like Memorial, US Opens, things like that, because I think um there's gonna be rough around the greens and that's something um out on tour we don't see very often. So there's an adjustment right there and then there's also a knowledge of what it takes to get this ball to come out of this rough correctly with control, right? There's some technique knowledge needed. And then there's some, um, you know, just, just understanding how to chip and pitch out of the rough, as you know, that's very different than out of fairway height. Have you been back yeah. to Hill since 
the way? No, I haven't been. Um, I was looking forward to playing this week, but um, we're having a baby this week. So I will trade that life experience for going back to Oak Hill and um, giving it a go this time. Um, I've been that's very another, lucky. That's another major right there. That'd be your second yeah. major. For sure. I've, I've been lucky to have a 24-year career as a professional golfer and I've played lots and lots of tournaments and I've played lots and lots of majors and I've won and I've won a major. Um, but you know, this, this is a period of time where I think that I need to be at home and, and take this experience in. And, um, there'll be other golf tournaments and hopefully there'll be some other majors, uh, in the future. All right, Elk. So always, you know, amazing in-depth analysis from Jason Duffner. Not playing this week because he's becoming a dad at the weekend, which we're obviously, we've known about it for a little while and we are over the moon for him. We're really over the moon. He's going to have a boy, apparently, <laughs> uh, next Saturday. Um, the baby wants to get out of there, Diane. And I know, I know you're used to all this talk, so... Uh, this will be, you know, a great thing for Jason's life and uh, him and Jessica. So, you know, we'll be watching that all week and we'll give you even maybe a little update. But back to the serious stuff, Diane, uh, we are hearing just horror stories already coming out of Oak Hill, how hard this golf course is. And how is that working into what you're thinking? I think I think the combination of cool weather mm-hmm. up in the north, I had a frost delay yesterday, very thick rough. J- Jason talked about it where you're not going to be able to do anything out of the rough. You know, he said sometimes the press comes in and tells us there's a lot of rough, but then by the end of the week, uh, it didn't really pan out. But this is a different style of rough up in the Northeast where it's juicy and wet and thick. Jordan Spieth coming with a wrist injury. I can't have him anywhere on my board with a wrist injury because he he's likely to hit it in the rough, Diane. So he's out on my board. Okay. Uh, what, do you, what is your initial th- thoughts here? Yeah, I was um, really kind of researching the rough and it's only three inches tall. So it's not like mega, mega tall rough, but it is. It's the fact that it's so thick and dense and it's going to be tricky. And talking of Jordan, you know, as we're recording this, he was due to fly into Rochester and head to the course on Tuesday morning. And his caddy, Michael Greller, was there on Monday scoping things out. But Jordan's you know, this wrist injury, that's the thing he was really going to be testing out was how he was able to play from the rough. And as you say, by all signs of it, he's it's going to be hard. It's going to be a real test. Um, so whether he plays on Thursday or not is yet to be determined. But um, what Davener said is really what I looked at for my picks is the fact that we need guys that are just elite ball strikers, great off the tee, big hitters, you know, 7,400 yards off the tee. But yeah, he thinks distance obviously is going to be important. Um, And it always is, especially getting over a lot of these sand traps that they've added, you know, deep, deep bunkers, but narrow fairways too. And we're talking about that rough, it's going to be accuracy and distance. Um, And then, you know, you've played it before, slopey, slopey greens, bunkers around the greens. Anything I've watched from the guys out on the course and anything that I've heard from, you know, media that have been there, they've all said that 10 under when Duff won, we're not going to see a score like that this week. Yeah, that's the word. Um, the course is still very firm because they've, they've redone it. And so, you know, that's not going to change, you know, that firm condition. So Duffner talked about, you know, 100 guys on tour that have over 175 mile hour ball speed and, you know, having more distance off the tee is going to be advantageous. And if there is 
if there is 80 guys in this field that have that kind of speed and 25 of them have a great week, well, those 25 that are hitting the fairways way down there are going to have a huge advantage because they're coming in at a at a different descent angle, which will be able to put more spin, more check, hit more corners. One of the things that they did at Oak Hill is they reestablished these corners of the greens, the round bunkers back in these flat square areas. So there's some very tricky pins they're putting in. People are saying that the bunkers here are very deep, very difficult to get up and down. So it's already shaping up to be an elite ball strikers uh, paradise, Diane. I'm even looking at guys that curve it one way. I mean, I think of John Rahm, who's number one player in the world, Diane, who can aim that fade down the left side of the fairway and curve it all the way into the fairway is going to be a huge advantage uh, as opposed to someone that does both. So, you know, I've got my picks. I know you've got yours, but I don't see, Diane, a youngster or an inexperienced player winning this tournament this week. I just don't see it. Yeah, I think the weather is going to be really key as well. And I've factored that in. You know, we're in upstate New York. We're close to Canada here. Like, it it was frosty, as you said. They had snow not long ago. Um, So the weather, I think, is going to be a huge factor to consider this week. Really low temperatures, especially in the mornings. And then a, a lot of wind, you know, 25 mile per hour wind over the weekend as well. So, um. You've already seen the guys arriving with extra luggage this week because they've had to take, you know, extra rain gear. They've had to take layers. They're going to be playing in uncomfortable situations when it comes to weather compared to what they've had playing on the PGA Tour over the last few weeks. So that's definitely something that um, I'm taking into my picks too. Yeah, and and we talked with Jason about, you know, the live players that are coming over, Diane, Dustin Johnson, who just won on live. Uh, Brooks Kepka had a superb Masters tournament, uh, got beaten down, got chased down by by Rahm in the end. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is playing a little bit better. Cam Smith, I, I watched the last nine holes at Live on TV the other day, Diane. Nobody on this planet is even close to putts the ball like Cam Smith. Yeah. How, how, have I, how do I have him factored into this? I mean, he's, he's a current Open champion. He doesn't drive it as good as some of these guys, but around the greens, it's just ridiculous what's going on with him right now. And also Jason said something really interesting that when you look at the number of major champions that there has ever been, it's what, like in the low 200s, he thought. So guys that have experience in majors, either as major winners or guys that have been in the mix in majors. Duffner talked about how his experience in 2011 in the PGA really helped him go on and win in 2013. So, you know, I'm really, and you, (laughs) you're the the perfect example of that too, talking about, you know, almost winning the Open and then, yeah, winning the PGA. So that's a big thing as well. Um, We really do, I mean, we've got this elite group that when it comes to majors, they just separate themselves. It happens every single time. Um, And I know Duffner was a long shot when he won the 2013, but I don't know, the tour just seems to be in a very different place right now. Yeah, I think he noted eight of the last 10 major winners come out of the top 15 players in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be the case again this week. Um, What do you, who do you have up top? Okay, right, well, let's let's get right into it. Um, Well, well, before we do that, let's talk about the defending champion, JT, and let's talk about Rory. Uh, Let's talk about some of the people that maybe are not on our list. 
Well, let's start with Justin Thomas. As you say, the defending PGA champion, he's won it twice now. Last year, we had that horrendous heart breaking collapse from Mito Pereira um, and, you know, Will Zalatoris in the mix as well. With JT went on and got it done. What was it? A seven shot deficit heading into Sunday and, and he won the Wanamaker. Yeah, and, you know, Justin Thomas has been talking recently about how, you know, he's a little disappointed that he's not doing better at this stage of his career and he's on a special diet to hopefully make him play better. But honestly, I don't, I'm not buying into that. I think he's right where he should be in his career. He's won two majors. He's, he's a force in the golf world. He's right at the top of everyone's mind. Every time they go to a tournament, maybe being too hard on himself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his form hasn't been perfect, mainly because of his putting. Um, so I don't have him winning this tournament this week just because uh, I just don't. It's tough being the defending champion coming into a, a really hard golf course when you're not, don't have a ton of momentum. Mm -hmm. um, but as you know, I love JT. Rory McIlroy, interesting week for Rory. Um, you know, we can talk about his form of late how disappointed he's been missing the cut at the players, missing the cut at the Masters. Rory's wife, Erica, is from Rochester. He's actually an honorary member of Oak Hill. So when we look at guys that, that know the course, this chunk that maybe played in the 2013 PGA Championship, um, you know, as you say, they, they've played it before. It has changed since then. Um, Justin Thomas, I saw in his press conference on Monday that, you know, he, he didn't really know the course and that most of the guys don't. Rory, on the other hand, may have one leg up in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that that his wife was from Rochester. I mean, Rory McIlroy is really the wild card on, in the whole tournament. You know, if he plays good, he's obviously right there, but he's so flat right now with his form. He's flat with the way he's talking in the press. Um, I just don't see the spark there right now. He flew his coach in from overseas to watch him practice this weekend. He's going to be with him all week. Um you know, when Rory's playing well, it, it just doesn't look like this. And he's sort of searching a little bit. Putting's been off. You know, he's 180th in putting. Um, how do you how do you feel great going into a major like that? Yeah. You know, can he hit the tee ball? You know, he's strong enough. He's, he hits it far enough to play this course, no problem. But does he have momentum like Scheffler? Or does he have – can he beat Rahm if Rahm plays well? Or, you know, some of these guys. So Rory's not quite the top dog anymore as far as in form. He's certainly talent-wise, but not there in form right now. And Scotty Scheffler too, who – you know, is obviously having a great season and we saw him in contention last week at the AT&T Byron Nelson in his hometown of Dallas. Um, you know, what about Scotty this week? Obviously, he's got a major under his belt. Yeah, well, I, I, said a, yeah, I said a minute ago about how I'm really, you know, I asked Jason Duffner, what do you think the most, the crucial club in the bag is this week at, at Oak Hill? And we, we both agree that it's probably going to be the tee shot because you just can't play this course at all if you're not in the fairway. And, and, and you know what? It's the way it should be. I was looking down this sheet, Diane, for someone like Tom Kite or someone like Jeff Maggot, a medium-range hitter, Corey Payman. Is there even a possibility anymore that a sort of a short, straight hitter can do well in these majors? And Jason Duffner broke it down. He's like, you know, if you're coming in with these longer irons, you know, and the trajectory of such and the pins are in the corners, you know, unless you're having a great week from 40 feet, it's going to be tough to beat a guy like John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler that drive it 
300 yards down in the fairway. Scheffler's proved everything to me at the Players' Championship when he hit driver all over the Players' Championship this year and kept it in play. So if he can hit driver at the Players' Championship and win that going away, I'm never going to question his driving. Ram and Scheffler are both a uh, plus 750. Rory is, what, 12 to 1. Um, Jason Day, this is a sore point for me right now because I pick him every week. <laughs> the week that I didn't pick him is the week that he went on to win. I can't be mad though because he's the most likable person in the world. Um, you know, just amazing for him to get that win. And on Mother's Day, it was a very emotional uh, day for him after losing his mother last year. You know, wife Ellie and the kids were there and they've got another one on the way. So amazing for him. Uh, Jason Day actually finished fifth at Oak Hill in the 2013 PGA Championship. He's 28 to one this week. So uh, Jason Day gonna be on a lot of people's radars too. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you look at the, the two things that are important this week is driving accuracy and greens and reg. He's he's there. He hits it fine. Now he's got the confidence to go with it. I think that was his 13th win, I think, uh, on the weekend. Yes, you've been picking him all year because we watch trends. We watch people that are having trends like Rory doesn't. Jason Day does. You know, Wyndham Clark. We were on Wyndham Clark almost until he won. You know, just riding these guys where they – they run up the hill. Max Honma just off, not running hot right now. So, you know, to me, it's about 40% of it, Diane, of actually watching the trend, you know, Morikawa. He's that he's that sort of Tom Kite player. Can he play the fade into the fairway and do well this week? Not putting well. He's off the boil, so to speak. So starting to get down to a sort of a small elite bunch. Hovland's. You know, is he there this week? I mean, you know, it's a very, very difficult golf course, but I can't wait to hear who you got up top. Well, then we have the live guys in the mix as well. Justin Johnson winning last week in Tulsa. Brooks Kepka, as you said, he's had two wins on the live tour now. Just finished runner-up at the Masters. Um, you know, Cam Smith. I have a feeling we may be talking about Cam Smith again in a little while. Patrick Reed. Um, you know, even Bryson, who's not been playing anywhere near Bryson-esque golf when we saw him win the US Open. But there's, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be back in the mix. Phil Mickelson. We saw what he did at the PGA Championship in 21 um, and just finished runner-up at the Masters. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how those guys stack up against the names that we see on the PGA Tour week after week. Yeah, and Jason Duffner, I asked him point blank what he thought of the live guys. Has it affected their golf? And he he categorically said no. He 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 believes that they're still sharp. They made the decision. They play on live, but as they come back, they are still the threat they were before. So we have to weigh that in. Okay, well, let's get into it, and we will give our picks. Do you want me to start with my outright favorite? Yep. Okay, well, um, my guy is still looking for his very first win on the PGA Tour, um, let alone a major victory. But my outright favourite this week is Cameron Young. A little bit higher odds, I guess. Um, he's 32 to 1, that's what I found him at, um, going for his first victory. Now, I've got some a lot of reasoning as to why I'm picking Cameron Young. I've not just plucked his name out of obscurity, but... This is a big course and we've talked about the big hitters. Cameron Young is one of the biggest hitters on the PGA Tour. Um, and 
He's got experience in majors. Fine, he hasn't got that winning experience yet, but we saw him finish third at the PGA Championship last year and then runner-up at the Open. But the massive thing for me about Cameron Young is that this is where he's from. He's from New York, okay, not so upstate, but he's going to be used to these conditions. It's not going to be a... a a shock to the system for him to be playing golf um, in this kind of weather that we're going to see with this kind of grass, you know, this kind of rough. So I, you know, he's 26 years old. We know how talented Cameron Young is. He's going to win soon. Um, and I think after we've seen the performance he's put on in the majors last year, you know, why not go out and get it done this week? So I love Cameron Young at 32 to 1. I do too. And I think you're right. He probably won't even have a sweater on. He's so used to being from the Northeast up there, Diane. He does know how to hit out of the rough and he knows how to play these Northeast courses. Uh, will it be enough to win his first event on the PGA Tour to win his first major? Well, you noted it. He has seen the trophy given away in front of him about four or five times so far in his career. And he, and he, and he does play well in the Northeast. Yes, he's from there. <clears throat> You know how strong I am, Diane. I picked Ram when he won in Kapalua. I picked him wherever else he won in L.A. And <laughs> every single guy on this tour is looking at John Ram when he walks out of the locker room right now, plays the power fade. He was talking to a guy yesterday in the news, and he he had studied every shot at Oak Hill that Seve Ballesteros had hit there in the Ryder Cup. And our very own producer, Terry Okura, was caddying for Seve Ballesteros in the Ryder Cup. So not only uh, we have a little connection there, but Ram is basically a man on a mission, Diane. He hits that power fade. Trevino won here, I think, in 71. Is this? He's a larger, stronger Trevino. I mean, he hits the power fade. He will be able to set this driver down the left side of these fairways and, and fade it and use the whole width of this fairway. And I, I'm predicting that John Rahm is going to hit the most fairways he's ever hit. It took him two and a half days to track down Brooks Kepka, but he was seriously like a mountain lion tracking down a piece of prey. Very patiently sat behind, waited, waited, waited. And when the time come at the Masters on the back nine to move ahead, he went past him like a Ferrari past a, a Volkswagen in the end, Diane. He sat there and waited. Ram is on his way, possibly, to winning this tournament and then play for the Grand Slam at the Open Championship. I am on Ram once again, and there's no <laughs> good for me, right? A way to go out on a limb. <laughs> at least you back it up, right? And you have a, a great deal of credibility. It's not like you're just plucking the world number one <laughs> and riding him all the way. Um, but, you know, gosh, as we say, week in, week out, it's hard not to pick him. It really is. Well, with the, with the story about Seve, it just shows you how serious he is about getting ready for this event. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. So you're taking John Ram at plus 750. Cameron Young, I actually just found him at 35 to 1. So those are our outright favorites. We'll see how it pans out. Um, I, I was so torn between Cameron Young and Brooks Kepka. Um, and Kepka obviously has won back-to-back -back PGAs in 2018 and 2019, and we're starting to see that real form from him, as I said. You know, just got another win in Orlando on the Live Tour. So, um, 
Kepka's going to be up there at some point. He really turns it on for these majors. We know that. Well, another another power fade player, uh, Brooks Kepka, same as Dustin Johnson. I worry more. I'm going to go into my one to watch right now. I worry more about my one to watch, which is Cameron Smith, the Aussie. And I I I um I tuned in to the live uh, event last week. My son Sam was in was in Tulsa. Went to the live event. Was invited by some friends and went there. So I tuned in on my CW channel down here, Diane, which is my favorite show. Whose line is anyways on that show? So I know the channel off by heart. But what I saw out of Cameron Smith, Diane, was absolute sorcery on day. He opened with a 20-footer, the second hole another 20-footer, the third hole another 20-footer. Then he hit a couple of loose shots and hit the most incredible flop shots and got up and down and finished up shooting eight and got into a playoff. I didn't see it because it wasn't on, but I, I cannot understand this man, how his short game, he does what he does. I haven't seen a short game like this putting game. I don't, I don't even, I can't even compare it to anyone. I mean, Crenshaw was a putter of, of all, you know, caliber, but Cam Smith is just ridiculous. And I'm looking at the board. I could pick a ton of guys to watch, can Cam Smith hit it in the fairway? I don't know. He has a tendency to pull the ball under pressure a little bit, hook it. That's why I picked him last year in the Open Championship because when he hit a, hit a hook, it went on to the other side of the golf course at St. Andrews, and we got him, and he won it with the putter. But if there's ever a man that can get the ball up and down at the hardest course in the world at Oak Hill to get it up and down, it's Cameron Smith. So I'm putting everything into wonder watch for Cameron Smith just because – I want to see some more magic. And he's 30 to 1. So I think that if Cam Smith had stayed on the PGA Tour, we would not be seeing those odds for him. Like, he's 30 to 1 because we haven't had all eyes on every single thing he's been doing. Um, so that is a healthy price to jump on him. And, and, and my last point is... Um, you know, people say, well, he's playing over on live, so you can't really tell about the form. But when you can knock a putt in from 20 feet, Diane, almost every hole, that's pretty exciting when you're a golfer, if you're putting the ball that well. So yeah. that's my big decision on that. And there's guys playing on live that if you're not following it and watching them every week, you don't have to worry about their form. Like Cameron Smith is so immensely talented um, that you know that he's going to, be still playing well. Nothing's going to have gone drastically wayward with Cameron Smith. So at 30 to 1, I like it. Um, I am also picking an Australian for my one to watch. At 90 to 1, he is a major champion. He has that green jacket hanging in his closet. I am taking Adam Scott this week. Um, now, obviously, you track Adam Scott. He is playing so good right now. He's back to number 38 in the official world golf rankings. He's coming off a, a T5 and a T8 in his last two events on the PGA Tour. And when the PGA Championship was here in 2013, he finished fifth as well. Um, so he's played the course before, obviously. Um, Adam Scott is just, he, he's a, a veteran on the PGA Tour now. And he is playing so well, as I said. You know, looking at his stats, he is 16th in par four scoring average right now, 26th in putting average. And I looked at his off the tee stats on the tour and he's within the top 30 right now. So he's playing great golf. 
Um, he was in the mix last week, as I said, at the AT&T Byron Nelson. So he's got the momentum. Um, he's won a major before. He knows what it feels like. So Adam Scott at 90 to 1, I love. It would not surprise me to see Scotty, we call him the jacket because he's the only Australian that's won the Masters, to reproduce Jason Duffner-type stats to win this tournament. Putting 16th, he doesn't have to putt lights out like a Cam Smith does to win this tournament because it's probably going to be six, seven, eight under par is going to win it. So if Scotty can hit a bunch of greens, uh, he could reproduce. You know, he doesn't have to, as I say, putt lights out. Greens and red, driving. No, I, I love Scotty here this week. Okay. I really, I like our picks this week. I really feel good about them. We move on to our dark horses. So these are guys with over a hundred to one. My guy's 130 to one. What did you find? I found 110 to one. Okay. And I'm, I'm going for a particular style of player. Um, this is, of course, an easy pick for me because he's a major champion. But the one particular, and he's in form, so he's already won on tour this year, this player that I'm picking from my, my dark horse at 110. The last major that this man won was on a, a one, I think a one under total for the week. Very patient, knows what it's like to play a super hard course, just plods his way along. Of course, I'm talking about Englishman Justin Rose, who mm. won at Pebble Beach this year. I just can I just can imagine Diane Justin Rose just getting to this course and going, you know what? This is perfect. This is English weather. Uh, the scores aren't going to run away from me. He can play his normal game. He's not trying to shoot five under every day. He can. He's a very conservative, thoughtful player. I'm loving 110 to 1 on Justin Rose. Okay, I like that as well. I looked at him, but 130 to 1, my dark horse is one of the best ball strikers on the tour right now. And his total driving stats, which distance and accuracy combined, he is sitting at 12th. I'm taking another major champion. He won the US Open at Pebble Beach. Gary Woodland is my guy this week. So he's, um, as I said, 12th in total driving, but he's also 29th greens in regulation. So that's just, that shows you where his game is at. The, the putter is the one thing that is, um, you know, maybe running a, a little bit uh, hot and cold right now. But when we talked to Jason Duffner, you know, I watched back Duff's highlights from when he won in 2013 and he was, he, he hardly missed a green. He was firing at the pins. Um, and he said that, you know, people forget that he really scrambled and got himself out of a lot of trouble. But, you know, with Gary Woodland's driving stats and greens and reg stats, that's going to be massive for him. You know, obviously he's got that major experience too. He was finished, he finished 14th at the Masters last month. So, you know, he, he's in good form right now. And we know that Woodland has struggled over the past few years and he's battled quite a lot, but he seems to be back in a really good place right now. So I love this. Um, I think uh, 130 to one Gary Woodland could do some major damage this week. I like Gary Woodland. It's again, he doesn't have to putt lights out. Uh, you know, won, won the US Open at Pebble Beach. Uh, knows what it's like to be patient, knows what it's like to play near the lead in a major. You know, this course, uh, Diane, 13 holes of this golf course at Oak Hill kind of play over here, over this, on this side of the property. The 13th hole comes back to the clubhouse, right to a par five. It looks like you're finished, but no, you go over the top of the, the uh, hill next to the clubhouse and you play the last five holes 
And the last two holes, 14th hole could be a drivable par four, 15 is a very tricky par three down the hill. But 17 and 18, 17 is a par five for the members converted to a par four for this tournament. Up over a dog leg right, just swales and bumps on the right side. A four is a miraculous score on 17. And then 18, of course, is the narrowest, nastiest par four you've ever seen with the green pulled away, pulled away from the fairway, perched up with rough all around it. So if you don't hit the fairway, you can't really get up in there. So very exciting finish of this course. Uh, last five holes will all get all the gallery will go from one side of the course into this very small area of about 20 acres, like two or three driving ranges, and it is going to be dense as the rough there coming in, Diane, but the, this will not be over until they get through the, seven, the 17th hole. Anything yeah. can happen this course. I know. Um, right, okay, so to recap our picks, I am taking at the top Cameron Young at 35 to 1, Adam Scott at 90 to 1, and then Gary Woodland at 130 to 1. You have John Ram at plus 750, uh, Cameron Smith as your one to watch at 30 to 1, and then Justin Rose as your dark horse at 110 to 1. So I like it. I've got a lot of uh, past major champions thrown in there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we had a nice conversation with Jason Duffner. He broke it down very nicely for us. Sometimes uh, it's hard handicapping. This week, I don't see a Sean McKeel, a 251 guy, 250 to one guy winning this tournament. I would have to think about how are they going to, you know, how how has the game changed? And now it's a big hitters game. And uh, this course is very difficult. And we're just going to have to see. Okay, excellent. Right, I love it. Um, I always love this week anyway because we get to reminisce about your victory at Riviera and, of course, seeing the Wanamaker there. I did read that the trophy itself is £34, but my question is how heavy is it when it's filled with beer? <laughs> you can't lift it when it's filled with beer. You've got to just sip off the top. But uh, <laughs> it takes like 35 beers, I think, to fill it. It's uh, We've had a lot of fun with that trophy. You need those long straws, you know, when you see people on like all-inclusive vacations and they have that massive cocktail with all the long straws. That's what we need for the Wanamaker. <laughs> all right, Elk, thank you so much. Um, our tour report this week for the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. And we'll be back next week to talk Colonial. Sports Social Podcast Network.